Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie and TV Awards podcast where we look at the various categories of MTV Movie and TV Awards and the movies and sometimes TV shows that were nominated for them and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Craig, a foremost And I forgot to ask what you want to be an expert on, but considering what we brought around the talk about, I'm going to safely say... We have with us today Outer Banks expert, Maggie Grossman. How are you today, Mags? I'm great. Um, I actually didn't even realize I wore my North Carolina uh, t-shirt today, so I am absolutely our Carolina expert. And I am now realizing Outer Banks takes place in North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) I I had the same thing where I'm like, I'm sure this means something and all the all the math was flying by my head. I'm like, oh, this this all connects. <laughs> Should pay more attention to that. It's oh. <laughs> whenever you have like wealthy people on the water, I just assume like California. That's that took place in California. Mm-hmm. No, oh. it's the outer. Yeah. It's the Outer Banks. I'll 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 yeah. I missed a part of the, like the first episode. It. I mean, yeah. It's maybe if I had. Maybe when I keep watching, it'll become more obvious that it's North Carolina to me, but. It's a very, it's a very niche, uh, aquatic scene, so I, I understand. Yeah. I, I guess good on Netflix for having other rich ocean town representation. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just other things on the coast. Oh. Okay, yeah, so so Meg, something, and I realized, like, oh, I didn't prep her for this either, but I never prep the guests on this. Uh, something I like to ask all the guests is to just explain what does kissing in movies or otherwise, at your choice, mean to you? <laughs> just... uh, I love, I love kissing in movies. Uh, it is one of my favorite things people do. Uh, on the silver screen. I love to shout kiss, kiss, kiss uh, when things get uh, heated. Uh, movies, uh, sometimes in a movie theater. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I love when the music gets all swelly. Uh, yeah. Fa- one of my favorite yeah. things you can do. Yeah. I really, I really like the fact that like, all of our guests have given like a, a fairly yeah. unique answer to that. Um, yeah, like that's really also really good considering how <laughs> thrown they are by the questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, this is our um, our our what, semi yeah. semi final. Yeah. yeah, it's our final uh, kiss, kiss episode, episode where we're actually talking about yeah, well, new stuff. New stuff. And, so yeah, I asked about movies because uh, the first thing about this year, Naria movie was nominated for best kiss. <laughs> yeah, truly no the golden age of all. golden age of TV Just right a... here. It's like what they yeah they didn't want to nominate yeah. the kiss in Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four where she's ki- where she's kissing Chris Pine and so- but he's technically in someone else's body. Like, come on. Doesn't even turn into the other guy during that kiss, so it's not like it's weird. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, whether it's because the pandemic oh. delayed 
many movies or because the MTV Movie Awards just didn't have time for like To All the Boys 2 or 3 or The Kissing Booth, like 2, I think 2 would have been the eligible one. It was just all strictly TV stuff for Best Kisses this year, which is a little... Yeah, all it's of like our, a little uh, sad because yeah. our, um, you know, attention spans really, really took a shot during the pandemic, and yeah. maybe the MTV judges just <laughs> couldn't handle sitting down for a for a ninety minute movie. Yeah, uh, I guess also. So- yeah, they'd rather watch a, a five hundred yeah. minute TV show. I guess also some of the best kisses in <laughs> oh. movies in twenty twenty were from films that maybe when did not get like wide releases like Kajillionaire and MTV doesn't do as much of the art house dominations anymore. Though they did get though they did give Moonlight, which yeah. I don't think that had a wide release, but uh regardless. Yeah. The nice thing about yeah. T V shows getting nominated is it did not take long to watch everything unless you watched an entire season of television. Like which i i tried to well i'm sorry i did successfully um but like yeah like some of these shows i just oh man i really couldn't commit as much as i did to um to uh like never have i i never have i ever um never have i ever i I think apparently i really enjoyed it because i i actually thought i was like oh man watching tv shows is easy (laughs) And then I like started up the first episode of Emily in Paris, and I was like, "This is kind of boring. I don't want to watch anymore." <laughs> so I skipped to like the last episode I needed to, and like none of the characters were that different. I was like, "Okay, I don't think I missed well, a whole lot." Well, um, <laughs> not all TV is written by Mindy I, Kaling. Back, I'm sure. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a sad. I was pretty lucky. All but. Two of these shows I had already watched all of, so clearly the target audience. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the the whole season and and really commit to the ones I hadn't watched before." And then I watched the first episode of Emily in Paris and was like, "Nope." Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone in that. We're like. I'm sure it's for somebody. I'm sure it's somebody for our friend really Simon. enjoys that. He's like the one person I talked to. He's like, yeah, Emily in Paris, good show. <laughs> like, and like, to be fair, me and Maggie, maybe maybe after the first episode, things like really pick up and it becomes really great. I almost, I almost considered. Um, sorry to sorry to sidetrack us, and probably our Emily in Paris talk might be a little bit shorter. But like, I think I almost was like, I need to watch all of it. Because there's, like, a character at the end of the first episode that's, like, really nice to Emily. And I wanted to find out if he was just trying to, like, trick her. Um, but that apparently didn't... It didn't get the best of me. And I ended yeah, up just I watched, yeah, like, skipping episodes of Emily in Paris with my mom. And then the show was just too sexual for her. Well, not being, like, super sexual as the show. And then we just <laughs> did not watch more. And I'm like, oh, I can watch the season one finale. Yeah. And then... Yeah, sorry, sorry to, sorry to Simon and all of our 
our Emily and Paris uh, fans who listen to the podcast. I don't think he podcast. listens to the podcast, but he will once I tell him I mention him by name multiple times. For this. <laughs> I'll come on the pod one day, maybe. I did hear that maybe the title Emily in Paris is supposed to rhyme. Rhyme. It's supposed to be Emily in Paris, which is kind of charming. Oh, that would have, that would have, that would have, like, if I read it that way, or if, like, I think people say Paris several times. They don't say Perry in the episode. But, like, I feel like that would have elevated my enjoyment, like, one or two If notches. a commercial, if when I was a kid, a commercial announcer had said Rugrats in Paris, maybe I'd say it Perry. But... Um... <laughs> uh, oh, man, it would have... Sorry, we can we can we'll 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 put a pin in our Emily in Paris right. talk. First, we'll we set the there. scene by explaining. So, the twenty twenty one MTV Movie and TV Awards, which I actually watched some of, were broadcast on May sixteenth and seventeenth, twenty twenty one. See, this year they decided to have a second night of the show, which was exclusively dedicated to reality television. I did not watch that one, but. That one was referred to as MTV Movie and TV Awards Unscripted and was hosted by Nikki Glazier. Um, That's so weird. That was also a Monday. Like this reality TV TV show aired on like a Monday night. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell Garfield. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like, I guess maybe, I guess people still really like reality TV shows. But like, I I could have sworn those like... I stopped being like a we, really popular we thing. Do like, like I guess RuPaul's Drag TV Race shows. is like Us, carrying we that. We the people do enjoy yeah. reality TV shows. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Netflix also is like uh, a resurgence, even to like other genres too, like nailed it and Queer Eye and stuff. It, it's not all crazy dra- drama, though. Didn't they bring back like Jersey Shore for like a reunion? like series where they're all like people with families now like, like it's coming back <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh, but the non-reality tv show version was held on was hosted by leslie jones um who i don't think had any movie or anything going on she was just kind of hosting and to all the boys three always and forever one best movie over yeah yeah oh wow beating out <laughs> so yeah, stuff like more at subsequent movie film and promising young woman just it's that's a funny film they got an mtv it was probably didn't and get soul. a kiss it didn't get a kiss nomination what? that's wild that's yeah uh, wait it was a it was our oh. winner last year it was our winner last year yeah, it didn't it's... even get a nomination that's so to, weird actually ago. and Best show went to WandaVision. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, man, WandaVision, I need to rewatch it. Probably, I'll probably rewatch it before, like, Multiverse of Madness. But, like, I think those first, the, I think it's a show that, like, by the end was, like, pretty mediocre. But but every episode did get, <laughs> get a little worse. And that's only, I feel like Maybe that's only because it started it off, like, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's a smart I enjoyed idea. WandaVision <laughs> and feel yeah people got I think well the the ending I know some people are rightfully upset in that 
Wanda kind of does a bad thing and then instead of really facing accountability, they give like one of the characters a moment where she's like, none of these people will ever know what you did for them. And because she gave up the like enslavement world, she was trapping them all in, which maybe doesn't play well, but <laughs> it had its moments. Yeah. I think, well, the main reason I, yeah, the main reason I didn't like it um, was just that like, I feel like the whole show was built off this like kind of premise of like parroting TV and then the last episode just threw all of that out. Um, like, especially, sorry to sort of a tangent off into WandaVision, but I feel like I'm not going to get to talk about it until much later in this podcast. Um, yeah, but like, I, I feel like they, they sort of, I think in the second last episode, they sort of like showed that like her emotional state will sometimes cause like the TV realities to like go out of whack. And like, that could have been such an interesting last fight. But the last fight was just like, two Marvel characters in the sky flying at him, throwing energy at each other. You're, t- you're telling me a Marvel movie and a Marvel a little... thing ended this way? It's hard to believe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, in my favorite movies, I like it, but in yeah. this one, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, anyways, Hawkeye's the best Marvel show. Um, let's... Uh, Agent Carter's the best Marvel show, so... I still need... Okay. I... Well, Agent, I guess Agent Carter is technically MCU or is acknowledged by it. So yeah, that can count. It's. Hmm. I still I have one more episode left in Loki. I finished the last seven minutes of the last uh, second last episode that I've been like has been just on my back burner for like a month. So I'll finally finish Loki and then Falcon and then Hawkeye. That's, um, that's a. I don't envy you. It's a lot. It's too, it too much. It's way yeah. too much. <laughs> I'm just exhausted yeah, so, hearing you list those. Yeah. And I've already watched them all. Yeah. So, oh yeah, so setting up for Be- Best Kiss, this was presented by Addison Ray and Tanner Buchan- Buchanan, the stars of He's All That, the Netflix remake of She's All That, um, which was not as good as She's All That. Another movie that weirdly did not get a Best Kiss nomination, despite not another teen movie, which is largely huh. a spoof of She's All That getting nominated. Like the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to watch not another teen movie. Yeah. That's, it was so yeah. funny. But, <laughs> yeah, but Addison Ray, popular TikTok influencer, and they did a, did a bit where they're like, oh yeah, we, we could kiss for you, but oh, it'd be so hot they'd have to censor it, you know? And then... They announce the nominees and they come and you come back and they're in like mid makeout and they're like, oh, didn't see you there or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it sounds so. It's pretty good. Um, but that, but that kiss is not up for nomination. Much like the time where Eclipse wasn't up for nomination for when Taylor Lautner and Robert Pattinson made out on their presentation. Um, just. <laughs> <laughs> but without oh. further ado i think for best kiss 2021 the nominees are uh jo- jody comer and sandra O, oh, killing eve lily collins and lucas bravo emily and paris paris eh. uh, my tree ramakrishnan and jaron lewinson never have i ever and and Roger jean page and Phoebe Dinevere, Brid- Bridgerton, and the winner, Chase Stokes and Madeline Klein. 
Outer Banks. So Max, you're the Outer Banks expert. Talk to us about that. I think this kiss was far and away the winner. Uh, no question. Do, do we start? You want to start with talking about the kiss or just the show? Uh, I, I will talk about the show a bit first, and then we'll talk about you, like the which, kisses, yeah. and then we rank them at the end. So thanks for giving away your <laughs> <laughs> my my deep my deep lore of of the backlog. Um, the show I watched uh, religiously, uh, binged it when it came out. Uh, a new season is coming. Netflix has uh, dutifully let me know. Um, it's my favorite kind of show, which is the CW model of really, really hot people, uh, mostly shirtless, often uh, just being hot for no reason, doing ridiculous things. In this case, it's a treasure hunt. Um, Outer Banks, for people who aren't familiar, is like a series of interconnected islands off the mainland coast of North Carolina. Um, and it's a really, really interesting community. Um, it's really um, ecologically diverse. Um, it, it's lots of you know, different kinds of folks live out there, which I think the show does a good job of um, showing. Uh, we're in the show, uh, I mean, obviously to a very heightened degree, because in the show you've got Pogues, uh, who are the sort of townies, and Kooks, who are the uh, rich folks who have their uh, vacation homes. Oh. That makes uh -huh. so much more sense. Because there's a character called yeah. Pope, right? And then you said some of the people are named like... P-O-G-U-E. P-O-G-U-E. That's their like... That's like their game. Okay. So, yeah. They definitely huh? they definitely said that. And I thought they just said like Pope <laughs> with like a really weird yeah, accent. You didn't, you didn't pick up so on confused, the use of the word Pope <laughs> no. as just, uh, yeah. you know... Natural lexicon. It wasn't distinct like gargoyle gang, so he had no way to tell. Yeah. Just... yeah. Pogues, pogues exactly. look out for pogues. There was you don't no, uh... ever leave a pogue behind. Uh, we're pogues till we die. Uh, every pogue sticks together. Pogues for life. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you lot, you know, pogues versus kooks. Uh, going full kook is something we'll say. You know, when we're going to find the treasure, you know, what are you going to do with the treasure? You're going to go full kook. Uh, these are normal things that normal people say all the time. I love it. It's great. The, le yeah, the lexicon it, of this it world is amazing. It's not weird to call anyone a kook at all. Just... Huron <laughs> <laughs> uh, is another word that they use to, to, to describe. It's like a um, portmanteau of tourist and moron, I guess. Uh, which is good. Toron? Just... <laughs> Toron, yeah. <laughs> i hope there's i really hope this the showrunners have like a show bible to make sure that all these all these words are being used like consistently and doled out like i mean i would as they should. it's great it's it, the 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 lore of the show is very uh excellent um i am not from north carolina but i did live there for a couple of years when i went to college um and have a lot of friends that are from there um and um I did spend a couple of weekends at the Outer Banks a couple times, and 
yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really fascinating and um, lovely place. The show was not shot uh, in North Carolina. It was shot in South Carolina, which is um, like I would I would like to point out. Yeah. <gasps> I'm going to say California, and then I feel vindicated. <laughs> just... um, it was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the show creators are from North Carolina, but they, and they wanted to film in North Carolina. Um, but the show was, um, filming at the height of the controversy, um, a couple of years ago when the conservative North Carolina legislature passed an anti-trans bill. Um, Oh, I thought this was the voter ID one. They, they, I guess Carolina yeah, unfortunately, is a you can bad kind of place. take your pick of um, discriminatory <laughs> laws that the conservative North Carolina state legislature has passed in recent years. Um, but in yeah, in 2016, they passed an anti-trans bill um, that uh, would force people to have to use the public restroom that corresponded with um, their sex assigned at birth, and uh, was extremely controversial. And a lot of businesses pulled out of the state, including a lot of um, studios. Um, and so, uh, Netflix, uh, moved filming of Outer Banks to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, although I think it looks, I think the, I think the show looks great. Wow. That's, that's kind of a nice move from the, from Netflix. It's, and yet they gave Dave Chappelle his, like, yeah, I, honestly, it's, it's very bizarre. <laughs> um, when corporations decide to do things like this and when they don't, yeah. um, but that bill, for the record, has since been repealed. Um, but it was very controversial at the time. Uh, Outer Banks, great show. Hot people looking for treasure. Um, being ridiculous. Thanks for taking the bulk of the, like, explaining what it is off the bat for being the guest <laughs> on the show. Just... Um, I mean, this one, uh, this show and Bridgerton from our lineup are the two that I'm the most uh, emotionally invested in. Not not to, you know, yeah. no, no shade to the other ones. Those are the two that I probably like, I had, like, I probably watched <laughs> the least material. Of. I, I, I watched um, all of Bridgerton. <laughs> um, like, uh, when it, as it was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, Bridgerton, it was just, there was way too many characters. <laughs> like, I was like, I just, I don't even know which two are going to be kissing by the end. Oh, yeah, I sure hope you know what the kisses are in all these episodes. <laughs> I I do, okay. I made a note of it each time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty decent, uh, decent bunch. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I guess, yeah, this episode of Outer Banks, um, so from my understanding, from my, like, watching of episode one skimming like two and three um and then all of episode four is that like there is a kind of treasure uh, that chases characters mm-hmm. father is somehow tied to and then this episode was sort of half about um trying to like follow the follow the treasure clues for that one and then the other half is about uh, one of the other characters um uh named pope who like sank a boat in like a previous episode and like facing somewhat of the consequences of that um yeah uh, john jonathan um davis with two s's at the end um you got uh, 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 jj john b pope 
Ara, they're the Pogues. I gotta say, as, as far as like generic protagonist names go, John B is up there, but it also works. You're like, yeah, this is like a John B. John B. Just, yeah. Um, move over, John A. <laughs> just. <laughs> Uh, some I was really excited that this was the episode um, we were watching because it was also the most controversial episode of the season. Um, really? Because why so? Um, did, did people did like um did like fire safety like <laughs> unions not like it? So did... it's um, <laughs> there's an. Uh, there's the whole sequence where John B and Sarah Cameron, who end up being the uh, the, the romantic couple, um, hop on a uh, tugboat uh, to get to the mainland uh, to go look up the diary, right, in the archives. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so they're yep. going to UNC Chapel Hill, which is... Um, in in the part of the state called the Piedmont, which is like right in the in the in the middle of the state. Um, so not it's it's a good four hours away from the coast. Um, and they sort of step off the boat and then immediately, still wearing their little rain jackets from the boat, uh are walking on campus and it sort of gives the impression that you can take a ferry boat from the Outer Banks directly to Chapel Hill. And this was controversial. <laughs> and the, the, the day that this series dropped and became popular, everybody who had any affiliation with Chapel Hill, with North Carolina, um, lost their minds and uh <laughs> we're, we're losing it at netflix and at outer banks um and and the showrunners netflix what is not controversial for a serious reason was, just... i'm telling you it was extremely controversial <laughs> my phone personally lit up and said have you seen outer banks can you believe they think you can take a fairy to chapel hill <laughs> And the, the writers of the show had to come out with all of these apologies and uh, corrections saying that apparently they had shot another scene implying that John B. and Sarah Cameron take an Uber from the ferry boat to Chapel Hill. But when they were going over, they were like, were like oh, this scene's kind of extraneous. Oh, you know, it, it slows it down. We're going to cut the scene, not realizing that by cutting the scene, it makes it look like they think you can take a ferry from the Outer Banks to Chapel Hill, which they're like, we know you can. Uh, if you look this so up. Does season two have a lot of extra scenes showing how people get from point A to point B so yeah. no one got mad? Yeah, see, just... season two is just going to be all Ubers. Yeah. It's just going to be all shot from an Uber like Spree. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny that people like aren't making the jump that stuff happened off screen. They're just like, oh, wow, can you believe this? Just. Like if you if you're I if you're know. familiar with North Carolina geography, the Outer Banks is really far from Chapel Hill. They should have just said they were going to Wilmington, which is right on the coast. Also has a university and an archives like well, anybody obviously. anybody would know that. 
makes a lot more sense. It takes you completely out of the reality of the show, you know. Buried four hundred million dollars of buried gold in the ocean is more realistic. How am I I supposed to take that seriously? If I don't see the scene with them in the Uber. Oh uh, yeah, but this episode and like I, I did watch Elder Banks up to this point, and we'll probably continue wa- watching. But it does. I gotta say, I am a fan of like the kind of like di- different different worlds, like culture class, like romance that you get here between like John B and Sarah Cameron, where it's the best, like the yeah. enemies to lovers, uh, a hidden. We have to keep it secret, you know, from our families, Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. Yeah good stuff yeah yeah ben you sometimes have strong thoughts and enemies to lovers what do you think of this here just um i think it's pretty i think it's good um i'm glad that they there's no like weird is this the first time these two characters no. have met in like it, the series they, oh okay. they don't have much association right. beforehand but it's kind of like she was there's a, a scene where like he was working for her dad doing stuff and then, for whatever reason, one of one of the kooks like wants gets him fired basically. And for uh, I'm yeah I'm now just blanking blanking on d de- details in. But basically, he gets fired, and he assumes it's because she like she had told on him about something. So he gets mad at her in the last episode, and she like she has no idea what he's talking about and right like yeah like yeah he broke into a boat okay. is that what it was yeah he <laughs> he worked he works for <laughs> her dad like doing odd jobs around uh you know their house or whatever and he, when they find the sunken boat um that has the treasure map on it the clues to the treasure map um he john b goes and steals borrows um, her dad's scuba equipment so that they can go dive down to the boat to the get the you know see what's on the boat which turns out to be a clue to the treasure um and he and Sarah Cameron you know have a very terse relationship they clearly don't like each other uh he she sees him take the gear and he's like you know promise not to tell she says yes um, but then somebody else rats him out, and he assumes that it's her. Yeah. So yeah. So I've had a couple interactions, kind of antagonistic, oh, okay. but in this yeah. one, they and he, team he up assumes and... that she's like this, you know, uh, shallow, you know, all all the sort of interactions. I think it's a really good episode for like the two of them, sort of discovering that e- each other are, you know, deeper people. More than what was on the surface, right? He thought he thinks that Sarah is this, you know, really shallow, you know, rich girl who doesn't care about people, and Sarah thinks that I don't know, John B is just this burnout loser. And then they spend this magical adventure together and realize that there's more meets the eye. They're actually both really hot. Yeah. And. Yeah, and that they they both hold the keys to finding more treasure clues. 
She's truly the best kind and, of character. And we get a 1980s style um, uh, wardrobe uh, scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a, a, mo- like a montage. A, like, a, uh, like a, whatchamacallit. Yeah, that's what I like. Uh, this episode was really fun. Um, as a, as, this was pretty close to like watching this sort of out of, out of, not much context um and i still had like a lot of fun with it i think their dynamic was really good i think they're like super fun together um i like how like there's like a little bit of like antagonistic undertones but it never feels like it's never like really bitter it's always like really playful and fun Mm -hmm. and that's like that's amazing like i'm I'm never a fan of like two characters like being like really passive aggressive towards each other with like no no england of fun it's just like I don't know. I'm just, oh, here's I don't another fun well fact that. that Ben you might appreciate. Uh, these two actors uh, had so much chemistry because they had a real off-screen relationship. Ooh! Oh, there you go. Some of our some mm-hmm. of our best kisses come out. Of oh, that. but they split I don't know a if couple that's months. True. Ago. I just know it happens a lot. Oh. Ooh. And they only just broke up, yeah. but maybe they're getting back together. Fingers crossed. What? Yeah. Wonder if that'll affect season say? three at all. It's like, it's like how season two of High School Musical, <laughs> the musical, the the seer series, like definitely breaks up. Like, uh, yeah, Olivia Rodrigo and jo- yeah, and like her Joshua, like you know the name suddenly. Despite having watched every episode of that show, and you're wondering and wondering how much of this was just because they had broken up in real life and they needed to get them the split up yeah definitely joshua bassett yes i remembered your name joshua it's he listens to the show no no he doesn't but well he could you know it's just well he does now <laughs> he does now <laughs> um yeah is there anything else you want to say about about elder banks before we get to the kiss or? um it's a great show and everyone should watch it and uh i really love it and um the treasure hunts like isn't as far as sort of um you know trying to follow clues to things um you know it's it's like actually pretty interesting um and yeah i think I think it like does like the cinematography and stuff like does genuinely like look good the locations like really good and the people are really hot yeah so. it is very it is very good looking yeah. for like a netflix production like it's um you get some like cool sort of like underwater shots and boat chases and um yeah good show yeah but yeah so the kiss does well in the class so you hated it. <laughs> well, this, this is good. Oh, yeah. This kiss, this kiss was very. Um, it's like it was, it was pretty like corny, but in like all the right ways. Where it had like the, it had like the very like like oh just like uh, shut up and kiss me like as he's as he's sort of like rambling. Oh. Um, it has like a flip off. So she flips the she bird mid kiss. There's a lot going on with it. It's a rain kiss. I feel like we haven't got a rain yeah. kiss in so long. And a daytime rain um, kiss. And also, it. like, wait. It's a... 
Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, like, do you think that was, was real rain? Or it was real fake, rain. Fake I looked it magic up. Magic rain. Oh. Is this... Okay. Is, this might be... That might be the first real rain kiss, then. Because I feel like all the ones that we've covered, at least the ones where we've taken note, like, I think it's always been, like, fake rain. Because I feel like we... I feel like... Because you brought to my attention, like, how actually super duper hard it is to like because you have to essentially drench them in yeah, like so rain much the, rain rain the size to, of like, coffee cups to be like visible on screen like it's yeah when back in the mid thousands peak of like spider-man and the notebook that's what we learned like rain kisses always look good but they apparently just suck to film like it's but, may, but maybe a real rain kiss yeah. is like better because it's not massive just yeah. Apparently, when they were like um, <laughs> filming that day, like the weather was pretty iffy, and they were like, "Do you want to just go for it? It'll look really hot." And they said, yeah, they went. They went for it, and it does look yeah, good choice. Really and it paid off. <laughs> yeah, they took home a gold. Ooh, sorry, it looks like oh, they took home a golden popcorn because yeah. of it. Uh, <laughs> and no, it's definitely a good kiss, and definitely. This is a show where I remember when it's coming out. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch this. Like, teen drama, treasure hunting. Yeah, what could happen? And then, forget why in April 2020 I wasn't like rushing to watch this treasure hunting show. And, <laughs> huh, it's almost as if there was some other preoccupation. It got a, it got a little time. buried. It got a little dumped. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh... And. And then I got caught up in another Netflix teen show that was like all debuted a few months later, but uh, only made it one season. And at that point, I'm like, well, I don't know, like I could watch Elder Banks, but like just not wasn't feeling it as much. But I'll give it a try. I th- think also sometimes with, I struggle with a bit with like serialized teen drama drama where I mean the list at least has a structure of, of like clue clue to clue but like uh, i tend to tend to like pay more uh, or get more invested when there's some kind of episodic thing to latch on to more like my beloved riverdale for as insane as it is all the episodes have like distinct stuff going on that's mostly to those episodes where this feels like a show that has Maybe a bit of Netflix bloat, though at least the kiss happening in episode four instead of like the season finale is maybe indicating to me that I'm was wrong a bit on that assumption, but hey. Yeah. I think that's a, yeah. I think a good analysis. Yeah, no, like yeah, the kiss. Yeah. Um I think I put I'm just going over my notes. I think it's funny that this this um this episode has a cliffhanger that's actually a hook. Um, that's funny, because uh, usually hooks are at the beginning of an episode. Um, I, I just I, I, t- I just thought that was really funny, because um, like I also just didn't know what it meant. Um, I think there was like a scene earlier, I think even in this episode. Or actually, I don't even think, it, I don't even know if it was in this episode. I think I might have like accidentally like come across it when I was like, just like jumping to random points in episode two and three. But apparently they're like, I feel like, a character having a hook was really important to like a crime that was committed or like it it meant something <laughs> clearly uh, it's a, it's a, i mean it was look it's the clear it's the clear winner it deserves the popcorn 
I hope they. Well, we'll see about that. Right. We'll have to decide. Right. We'll see by right. the end. So yeah. So with that, I think we can move on to Killing Eve. Um, which. Yeah. Um. Man, like. Uh, I. I really did try to get a lot of context for this, and I still just didn't really get it. Um. I think. I think this, I'm glad that I spent a lot of time watching episodes, or like a lot of, I watched a lot of TV over these past couple weeks, which like, um, I know people know me as the guy that never watched movies. I also never watched TV. Um, I just watched like random YouTube Oh, suddenly anime isn't Um, TV, Ben? (laughs) It's barely TV. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, because like, I think my problem with killing eve is that like i don't know this is gonna sound like a bit reductive um but it felt like half this show was just like two characters in a room like talking about things that have happened or things that are going to happen and like most of the episode was just not things happening um i don't know that's just like the feeling i got from like the first three episodes um i don't know I I appreciate and like I think any 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 longtime fan of the podcast will be um, no stranger to my to my age old critique of like I wish this was shorter. <laughs> um, I can o- I can always respect something that like it, it I I like things that respect my time and I feel like TV shows are like sometimes can be the antithesis of that where like there is so much there's so much fat to trim. And just none of it is. You have an episode that's like an hour long with like ten minutes. You watch of everything on two two um, times speed. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. So it's it's thirty minutes with five minutes of content. It's even less. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like I feel like Killing Eve. If I watched it from the beginning, I feel like I probably would enjoy it a lot more. Season three is definitely not the place to start. Um, and for what it's worth. When things did happen, it was pretty interesting. And, like, the characters aren't, like, a groan. Like, they're they're pretty fine. I just feel like these are these are clearly, like, season three characters. Or not, like, sorry, characters that have, like, been through two whole seasons that, like, have, like, ticks and character quirks that, like, I'm just not going to be able so to So you're mad that they're of. fully <laughs> developed characters is what I'm hearing. <laughs> exactly i think every episode should treat me like every episode should be designed around the fact that somebody someday might be doing a podcast where they need to watch random episodes from a random season i, I don't mean, think you're that's kind of too describing much like three tv, TV carb, yeah, like when, when anybody might just be yeah. turning on the tv and, and oh. have to jump in mid-season exactly listen Ben back wants to go back to the my day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, but I'll say Killing oh. Eve is a show that, like, I haven't watched the third season. I watched the first two, but my under—I mean, my understanding from watching is the first season is considered the best one by far, and then the other two are kind of increasing, like downgrade, sort of like. Mags, do you have much Killing Eve experience? Is this one of those ones you... I had the same experience that you did, Kenny, where I watched the first two seasons and then fell off after season two. I think, was was Killing Eve supposed to be just a miniseries? Like a one... 
one shot miniseries and then no, when it was well it was based on books mm. it's the, the part of the thing is and i forget if this was originally planned or if it was just phoebe waller bridge wanted to tap out and they're like well it'll always be led by someone different <laughs> is each season has kind of a different female head writer so season one is phoebe waller bridge season two is emerald fennel and then this season was Suzanne Heathcote, who does not have her own Wikipedia page, apparently. So maybe we're getting a bit less in, like, notoriety. Unless... Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed oh. season one and, yep, season two, like, a little bit less. And then um, season three, I maybe even watched the first couple of episodes and then just stopped. Um uh, yeah, it, it, it was really compelling television, and then it was just didn't need to be What's didn't not? didn't need to going. Uh, yeah, look, I I love San, Sandra O. Oh. I've watched uh, as a, as listeners of this podcast know, I have watched every episode of Grey's Anatomy, and she of course is a big part of what's increasingly looking like it'll just be the first half of that show. Considering it got renewed for season 19 today, and she left after season 10, but... Um, Incredible stuff. But she's, like, a really talented... Yeah, she's a really talented actress, a Canadian, even, and... Yeah, it was... Hey. No, like, I, I think she was, like... She was an enjoyable part of the episodes that I watched. Um, it, From what it's sounding like, it sounds like I hopped in on, like... <laughs> the worst like the worst thing imaginable season three of a show that we're like season one is the best yeah, yeah they're both um, so good jody comer and pedro yeah but yeah both of them they're, oh, sorry, they're, they're, they're such good performers and um yeah. but uh what's her name who plays um the mi6 agent or whatnot you know what i'm talking about you know you know it doesn't matter. The Emma. <laughs> They're all, you know. Emma, like Sa- Sandra O. Oh, just yeah. No, her like her boss. <laughs> boss. I mean, first is. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. Who, who is, is her? Oh, Fiona Thank Shaw. You. Yep. Yeah, she's great. When's she back? Oh, there we go. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. All that. All that being said, though, the kiss was pretty good i thought it was a pretty good kiss um i think i remember last last episode i remember we talked about we don't get many like fight oh, into yeah. kisses um and even ri- even rarer um fight into kiss into continued <laughs> fight um uh, i think we we get those even those are even i more think this rare. kiss is special because um, their relationship has been ooh. building and building and building the the whole series yeah yeah, it's definitely like a payoff. It, it feels like a kind of for the fans moment. Like, I think, yeah, part of the reason Killing Eve's took off is, yeah, it's kind of the whole spy versus spy thing with Sandra O's Eve and Joni Com- Comer's, like, uh, yeah, Veal Nil or Nil, and just, and their kind of relationship. And, like, people have definitely been shipping them for, like, a, since the series started, basically. So, this felt like throwing that kind of camp a little bone. Just... I mean, it's it's basically text. It's not even subtext. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, love a fight kiss. Uh, yeah. 
I was a little disappointed, you know, uh, Villanelle's yeah. whole thing is is that she's, you know, she's always wearing these amazing outfits and her outfit in this scene is like, you know, not particularly stunning. Um, but for that to for that to happen during the kiss scene was a little bit underwhelming for me personally. Uh, since the fashion is such a big part of this show. I, I took off points for that in my yeah. in my scoring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Jodie Comer will get nominated next year for Free Guy. Like, if they want to bring you know, movies Ooh. back in. Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully Free Guy is the one that gets them to realize that movies are the true Save theaters form. once. Um. <laughs> can save them in award shows, too. Uh. Just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah but you yeah, know um yeah killing eve like it's like i don't know i yeah not much yeah. else to say honestly Look, we spent like half an um, hour on outer banks like my... we can spend like five minutes on killing yeah. eve it's fine just yeah yeah i just wonder yeah i'm gonna go check my note yeah my notes are pretty sparse i like that the kiss uh, took place on a bus yeah like it's and that it was yeah. followed by a headbutt. I'll say I really loved I, I loved with the bus that like it's such a good relatable bus ridership moment where they they're having this like intense fight and like all the other passengers on the bus just kind of completely ignore it and like just move away. Like whenever you're on a bus and like just something starts going down, you just look at your phone and then it's not happening. I really liked that. Enough. Yeah, it it is kind of that class, you guys yeah, classic bus behavior where you're like, okay, just yeah, I'm... yeah. If only the uh, Shang Shang Chi uh, bus fight <laughs> ended with him kissing the knife guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they were well, already hitting an uphill battle to stream that thing in China as it was. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, yeah, the next one Emily is, in Paris, uh, which we already talked about. <laughs> Emily, yeah, we, we talked Wait. quite a bit about, um, yeah, like, Emily in yeah, um, I guess, yeah, because Emily in Paris, will probably be a, yeah, a little more brief on this one, but, like, I don't know, I, I think, I'm really glad that I watched it right after Never Have I Ever because um, something I really appreciate about Never Have I Ever is that like the episode's really short, um, but they pack in like so much content, like so much happens. Not only like is it like really funny and like a lot of jokes they pack, but like a lot of like decent like plot like moves forward. Whereas like Emily in Paris, like after like the first ten minutes of the first episode, nothing new happens. Um, like it is just it is. There, I think, I'm not sh I, I don't watch a lot of anime, but a term I've heard thrown around was, like, slice-of-life anime. Um, and I think I watched, like, a couple episodes of one of those, and, like, it is just one of the most boring things to me. Um, and I feel like this is the, the Western equivalent <laughs> of, of that. Um, that, like, th I'm... I can feel this being for somebody. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for them. Um, I really hope they love uh, Emilaris in Paris. Um, Did you just say Emilaris? <laughs> uh, but I just... 
yeah <laughs> people really did seem to love this yeah. when it came out and a lot of my friends binge watched it and yeah it might maybe it's something that like grows on you like maybe oh, it's yeah. just like maybe it's it's like a it's like a friends thing where like it's just just the characters are so some endearing. Of those episodes are shorter than like the finale which we had to like watch for this but yeah, it is kind of a thing a thing where, yeah, I, I know some people were into this. Then it won the Golden Globe kind of controversially and maybe contributed to, like, it no Golden Globes not being on TV as that, like... Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Emily in Paris single-handedly yeah. bro- right. brought down the Golden Globes. Uh... Yeah, Golden Globes famously, like, corrupt awards body with like a diversity problem and 30 members of the voting body were flown to paris where they spent two nights at the peninsula of paris and were treated (laughs) at a private lunch at like a museum with the bill reportedly paid by paramount network which led critics to question the impartiality of the voting body as it was kind of a critical flop and its nomination was a surprise um in contrast critically acclaimed shows Notably, I May Destroy You, a different one, were not nominated. I May Destroy You, which is like... Oh, okay. It, you know, like a, a, yeah. like a mostly black cast and like black writers versus Emily and yeah. Paris, which was like almost all white. Um, yeah. Oh, it didn't win. Shit's Creek won, of course. Cause it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Shit's Creek picked the yeah. right moment to win all the awards in its final season so no one could get sick of it winning everything. Just... Like, <laughs> uh, yeah there's there's not much to say about it um like the i guess like the premise is that it's just a girl named emily that um like gets like a position that her boss had to like go to paris to be like a wait, wait, wait. social media like consultant Matt, you have to stop uh, but she doesn't you, you just you skipped I'm... over a very um, important piece of information about she her her boss passes over the job in Paris and gives it to Emily. Her boss is so old; it's like a medical miracle that she gets pregnant. Her boss is like maybe thirty. She's like, and she's like, "Well, I I I magically oh, yeah. got pregnant. I never thought it would be possible for me. So I wasn't using birth control because there's no way somebody." as old as I am, could possibly get pregnant. It's a medical miracle. I mean... (laughs) Ross is like a normal person. Kate Walsh, who plays her boss, is like in her 50s. Fine. Yeah, like she's... She was she was in her thirties when she was on Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice as Addison Grey Montgomery, but... It was still like, a very baffling yeah, she, scene. I was like, okay, also, they have doctors yeah. in Paris. You could go have a baby in Paris <laughs> if you want. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but then, it, but then it would just be called Some Lady in Paris. Do they, and that name do does they not, ever does like, work. go back to like, no, but like, why was that the plot device to get Emily to go to Paris? I don't know. Well, wait, I you, you think she should get the job she was qualified for it? <laughs> then you wouldn't have comedy. <laughs> of all of of all of the ways exactly. to get this like, like Yeah. Yeah, completely incompetent 
child to go to Paris. Like, oh, like, yeah, let's. It, it was just like, yeah, let the let the qualified woman go to Paris. She she doesn't have to be pr- like I don't know. It was just weird. It was very bizarre to me. I yeah had problems with it. Um, yeah, she uh, goes to Paris and refuses to learn a word of French the whole time she's there. Um, yeah, she doesn't know French very yeah. well. Um, <laughs> her boss, her boss there, uh, S- Sylvie is. Um, understandably bewildered and mad, like, at Emily's presence, and then assumedly over the course of the first season, she proves her worth somehow. It's Do we know what this company unclear. does? I never really picked up on that. They're a marketing firm? Because... Yeah, it's... I didn't understand it much either. Yeah, I no, assume it's, they're It's real a marketing jobs. firm. So, like, the first few episodes in of them like working with this perfume company and that's that guy Anthony who's having the affair with Sylvie and he like buys the restaurant at the end of the episode I I think and then the finale is largely about her working with this French fashion designer who I guess maybe she had made him think he was over the hill but then he's like inspired to embrace tackiness or something <laughs> God, that's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> outfits on this show were sure, so bad. I'm sure the Emily and Paris historians are getting oh. fuming at us right now for not knowing the exact details, but um, yeah, and like it all, yeah, it all sort of um, like culminates in this scene where like they sort of crash the venue that they lost initially with like this this the the eccentric. Um, like designer and like it's a huge success um but um lucas bravo's character is like the chef gabriel um is like going to move away because like there's nothing left for him in paris which is like subtly hinting that like she he actually really likes despite him being in a relationship Um, with a friend of emily yeah and emily's also in a relationship so i at some point, Emily broke up with her American boyfriend. Uh, I've, su- I've obviously. Oh yeah, he breaks up with her like pretty early on to the show. That was one of the ones I saw. Like that it's... makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're literally living like an ocean apart. <laughs> um, yeah, like, um, and then yeah, and then it sort of just ends with um, with them kissing and having like what Emily thinks is like one last night affair. Before um, it turns out he's sticking around. I, yeah, yeah, he's sticking around because someone else bought someone. I, I'm assuming an important character. I think like an ex-husband or an ex-lover of the of the French boss um, buys the restaurant. Um, so yeah, um, the kiss is the kiss is pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah, it's not like super original. I feel like it's a kiss we've seen we've seen before um but it's still like it's still pretty good um yeah not much else to say about it. sorry for people that love i wrote a little rest she's wearing this ridiculous (laughs) big flower coat and boots uh yeah didn't didn't like her outfit yeah thought it looked dumb sorry emily which is weird because in theory the fashion is the one of the reasons to watch this show i have heard just 
Yeah, no, the kiss is fine. fine. Lily yeah. Collins is someone who, yeah. Uh, I, I like her in Mank, um, in the movie Mank. She has a supporting role there, and um, yeah, Near Mirror, I think she was all right in. Just, but let's amazing. I remember her just being in Near Mirror. Um, and <laughs> yeah, her dad's cool. He makes good music. Um, her dad, Phil Collins. Of, co- of course. <laughs> yeah, just oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh wait, God. Ben doesn't know celebrities. He's just... uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, she should be nicer to French people. I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, so can probably move on to Never Have I Ever, which, yeah. No, yeah. Max, was this the other yeah. show you were not familiar with? Or uh, was it the, or yeah, this was, the, this, this was the other one I had not seen Um before and i actually went ahead and um watched the whole thing because uh, I, really, I i liked it yeah it's yeah. great yeah i should I well should you saw season two um, to go well the season one yeah i saw uh season two i, just, I didn't want to bog I didn't watch season one. Yeah, more yeah. uh more information oh yeah yeah um yeah this show is like it's just it's first of all um I, I think something throughout this experience, I think something I've realized about myself is that I I will always prefer like a I, I and I think this show is like really good on its own merits, but as like a general rule, I'll always prefer like a a three out of ten show with like a neat premise and like a good hook than like a like eight out of ten like well written show that just has like the most boring premise in the or like no hook there's it's just sort of like pretty standard um so like yeah but like i think this show is like really good on its own but like i think something that's really important about it though is that like it just has like a bunch of really interesting hooks like the fact that it's like narrated by like this like tennis player uh yeah i think that's just such like a fun weird thing that just is always really fun. And then there's like an episode where um, it's it's narrated by Andy Samberg because it's from the perspective of uh, the character Ben and Gross. Yeah, that was really clever. Um, uh, played by... Yeah. Yeah, like that was, that's really cool. And that episode also has a character um, say Reddit a bunch. So that was really funny. Yeah. And <laughs> um, then in season two, uh, Paxton, the other boy in the love triangle, gets his own episode that's narrated by... Uh, Gigi Hadid, the model, because their their original <laughs> choice was Chrissy Teigen, who suddenly got caught up in a bunch of controversy, so they went a different way for like who his narrator could be. Oh, just... Summer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, this is like, um, this is like a really funny show. Um, I think it has like pretty decent like dramatic moments. I do feel like sometimes they give you a little bit of whiplash because there's not like a lot of cushioning yeah. before them. Um, um, and like, it'll sort of just come out of like nowhere, but like, it's always like very sweet. Um, none of it drags on too long. Like it all feels very appropriate. Um, and it's also just like, it's just incredibly funny. Um, like there's like, <laughs> there's like a, what, there's like a scene that opens up that just like, what if Anne Frank had an iPhone um, from like the, there's like this like woke sort of, pseudo woke teacher and he's like one of my favorite characters he's just so funny um 
that is always just like he's always just like saying like amazing things like hey like I acknowledge your birthday because I'm not here to tell you whether it's like happy or not like maybe it's not a happy birthday for you so I'm just here to let you know that and like uh, he's just he's golden um, and then characters also canonically watch Riverdale oh, I, love, I love those it, parts that was am. so good um, <laughs> Uh, like I, yeah, I'm su- I was super like I was super struck away by yeah. this show. But this is a show like uh, I watched the first season like it it hadn't really been on my radar and I think yeah, M- Mindy K- Kaling is someone who I mean I I like a lot on like The Office and um, Mindy Project I didn't watch that much of but like I do think she's a talented writer and you know I'm always in- interested in a teen-, teen show and I was really taken with it I think. I think my Trey, who plays Debbie, is just really talented at playing a character who's afforded a lot of complexity. Like, she's someone who's, like, really good at being this teenage girl who's allowed to be, like, selfish and make a lot of boneheaded mistakes, but you still kind of root for her, because it's, it's believably self-selfish. Like, a lot of, yeah, like, a lot of the conflict with her mother, where, like, she... And the finale, like, revolves on the fallout of her saying that she wishes that, like, her mother had died instead of, like, her father. It's something where, like, it's a terrible thing to do, but you, like, understand it as a character choice. Because she plays that character so well. And you understand why even when her mother makes amends, her first reaction is, No, this is a trick! You're trying to trick me! Like, it's, and yeah. Mother-daughter relationships yeah. um, are so specific and complex and heated and um uh i i really felt uh that it spoke really true to um how um feelings of love and protection and familiarity um boil over immediately without just there being any kind of warning signs um between a mother and a daughter uh that felt really close to home um and i thought was very well represented um good representation across the board um in this show except for one uh really unfortunate fat phobic character um otherwise i think really nicely done yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely a show that is mm. yeah again for yeah. the most part pretty good on like representation and things like that. Also, it's like really well cast. Like the actress who plays her mother, I think is really good and really funny in like a role that could just be like oh, it's like the the wet blanket like overprotective mm. mom like and brings like again just a, a lot to it like. Uh. And, um, There's an episode just, where Ben Gross has yeah. a huge pimple on his chin, and I was like, and you, you like can't help but stare at it the whole time. And I'm like, God, like I don't remember the last time I saw a teen show where you like see somebody with a gold zit on their face, and you should see that. <laughs> it should be a plot point. Yeah, yeah. They're usually like, yeah, they're usually like, uh, like finding treasure right. and stuff tell like you. that. And are really, really attractive. Also, one of the characters just has a robot. <laughs> or they're, or they're... <laughs> oh, yeah. one of the better jokes in this episode is that like when Ben, when Ben Gross, his, because kind of for people who haven't watched the this show, yeah, it's about this, yeah, 
it's about this girl, girl De, like De, Debbie and her sort of just life, and she's an Indian American Tamil girl, and kind of at the beginning of the show, her father passes away suddenly of a heart attack while she is at a recital, and she sees it, and she loses kind of the use of her legs for a few months due to tra trauma, so it's her trying to, like, kind of change her her status and dealing with these things and clashing with her mother and clashing with her grief, and it builds to this thing where, like, her mother wants to move back to India because she is just kind of struggling to, to do it alone, and she sort of run runs away from home and is, like, kind of staying with uh, this guy, Ben, who is her nemesis, but they kind of have a little frenemy thing. He's like her academic rival. And Ben, when he starts to realize when she declines to go with her mother to spread her father's ashes because her mother has realized that she needs closure and she just doesn't want to like let go of her da dad, her ne he goes to her friends, who she is also estranged from, just due to neglecting them because she was focused on her own problems. Again, realistic stuff. And they make him bring him, like, smoothies, including to one of the characters' robots. Because of, <laughs> this is a panel for him. Like, oh, yeah, it's a funny moment. Because the robot doesn't know he's, like, a robot. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a good and way to go. And it makes some, oh, and John Mac some good visual uh, humor does drink this movie. Yeah, it's it's great. And John McEnroe narrates it because, like, he was her dad's favorite tennis player. And then he also shows up in the flesh in this episode, which is a really good payoff to that bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it's just such a what like an interesting. There's so much interesting stuff going on, in especially this show. when narrator John McEnroe's like, um, "Holy crap, that's yeah. me!" Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then. Yeah, um, yeah, the... Oh, sorry, do well, we have anything else to say before the... Yeah, before you should both kiss. watch season two. It's good. There was um, another kiss. There was another yeah, kiss I earlier in the season that wasn't watch. nominated. So it was a little controversial. No, yeah, the, the kiss between... Uh, yeah. We've got, like, a love triangle situation oh, where, she, you know, she's um, been um, a little, you know, flirting relationship with this older hot guy um and sort of getting the hot water with him and then making up and you know are they just friends and so they have a kiss episode four or five um something like that but that one was not nominated yeah no uh yeah no i i definitely uh i think i took note of that i should know like which one yeah it'd be episode um Pretty sure it's episode five. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, I think so. Because episode four was the one where they went to... Um, uh, mm. They went to, like, like, that Indian celebration. Um, it had a name. Uh, Ganesh uh, Puja, I think, is the... Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it was, it was... Yeah, it must have been episode five. Because episode six was the, um, the, the Ben episode where it was narrated by Andy yeah. Samberg and... Yeah, episode five Pickle is Rick kind of the 69. model UN one. Oh yeah, you sent me the clip of Pickle Rick sixty nine. <laughs> That's so. It's so funny. <laughs> it's just an older that. man. Um. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man. Yeah. I also really like the way that this um I really like the way that it handles like Ben's like relationship with his parents that it's like it's another sort of like sad relationship but in like a little more in like a much different yeah. way um than like the the care the relationship between like um between like yeah his parents are like mother. supportive they're just absent a lot of the time and maybe don't think about like yeah. his like problems but they'll let his friend just stay yeah. over in their house for weeks just it's yeah exactly like i think like one of my <coughs> oh sorry um i think one of like my favorite scenes is like when they're like hey like like I know it's like your birthday. Do you want us like to stay? And like he's like, no, 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 go. Hmm. But like he clearly like upsets him a lot. Like, but he also doesn't want to yeah. be like, he doesn't want to hinder them. Which is like that's really yeah, deep. like that's what's, really good what's worse, like having you know overbearing parents um, who are you know sort of you feel like they're throttling you or they don't understand you, you know, or having parents that you know really love you on the surface. You know, but yeah, or living yeah. in a mansion with a the with former a is worse. Dollars. Really, take the money. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah. yeah um, this is really a good show. Also, I definitely watched the second season, which starts. I, I guess cont- continues kind of the love triangle. Actually, it sort of blows up early on because, of course, in. She doesn't ultimately move to India, but early on, in keeping with what I like about making this real realistic, suddenly faced with two guys vying for her attention, yeah, De- Devi accidentally starts dating both of them. You know what? That happened to me too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, you, yeah oh, it's... You've also just dated two people. That's just... really common. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah. But then this results in her being indirectly responsible for, like, Paxton, who's, like, kind of an athlete, getting hit by a car and having to actually focus on school because suddenly his swimming career is in, like, (laughs) doubt. Just, and that's where they kind of develop him more as a person. Because in season one, you know, you can tell he's there, but he's also a bit shallow. Like, his his humanizing thing is, like, he he has this this sister character, character who, like, is, yeah. Actually, actually, they do a really good job at making his sister seem like a person, and not just oh yeah, it's the disabled character to make him like feel sy- sympathetic. Like Re- Rebecca's really cool as a character. Um, yes. Yeah, because she yeah, like calls I, him I out totally for agree. being an asshole, yeah. which is pretty. Um, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's what makes her like as a as a thing a thing too. But then they, but he definitely gets a lot of like fleshing out in like season two and they also do a thing where they introduce another kind of a new indian girl at school and then suddenly like D- like db to like she has to face her own like insecurities and jealousies about that and there's like a good good arc where she accidentally starts like a bad rumor about the about this per person and again it's really good at just exploring that kind of like sort of unintentional selfishness in like a lot of good good ways and i think pay, pays off well and yeah. also has good stuff for her cu- for her cousin and like her mom her mom like kind of gets enough flirtation with a rival dermatologist played by common like it's oh shit yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh man yeah yeah oh yeah no like the yeah the the kiss for this happens in like the very last episode of the first season um it's sort of the episode about like 
Yeah, like um, the dad's ashes like being spread after like this huge fight they had. Um, and it's sort of centered around like Ben like offering to drive her um, to like to it was in Miami, Malibu, like, yeah, yeah. Um, Ma- Malibu, yeah, Malibu. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. from Sherman Oaks, oh, LA, a, to Miami, Florida. Just I don't think they would have made it in time. <laughs> yeah, we're we're yeah. Canadian, which is also a good because it's a nice gesture. But then they have a good bit where like he's never really driven stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his dad's fancy he's car. Just he's really slow. But then when he gets on the highway, suddenly he just becomes like gets thrown with road rage, and it's just like uh, yeah, yeah. And the kiss sort of happens like post um, ash spreading, and also um, like uh, what is it? Uh, post um, uh, John McEnroe uh, cameo, uh, which is awesome. Um, and she sort of sees that, like, Ben has essentially waited there, like, the whole time to, like, make sure that she, like, she, like, was okay and everything. And they share this, like, really good kiss where Ben's <laughs> arms are, like, distractingly hairy. Um, and then there's, like, a Paxton cock right in the middle of it. Um, which was, oh my gosh, like, I was so to. invested. I think my last note is literally just good show. Yeah, no, it's oh, it's so it's so good, and I I can't wait to dive back in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. season two is really rewarding. I I watched it like the the day oh, oh yeah, it was like the day I got my second dose. I think just yeah, that lines up perfectly. Wow, like never have I ever and mild (laughs) protection from earlier variants. It's great. It's just (laughs) (laughs) a double dose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about uh, really Never yeah, Have I I'll, Ever. This I'll is really good. Um, uh, I know there was some some of my friends yeah. um, uh, were like a little disappointed in, they thought that Ben's character was a little bit too much of a Jewish stereotype, especially in, um, in light of a show that like we were talking about has like, otherwise like so much really like great positive representation um but to be fair i'm jewish and come from a very uh, large jewish community and i was like i don't know guys like i went to we all went to high school with a lot of people that are a lot like ben gross i think uh i think they kind of nailed it so uh maybe i'm playing into the stereotype but uh like when he like keeps talking about his like really lavish bar mitzvah that like uh all these nba players went to i was like yeah, like we all knew kids like Ben Gross, so uh, I think it's. I think I like. I'll let it pass. Maybe they, um, maybe they correct. Maybe they course corrected a little bit from the like super rich Jewish kid with the yeah. celebrity lawyer dad. Yeah, I feel season two has less with his like family a bit, and it's kind of more about like him, yeah, him and like Davey being sort of on on the outs after the first couple ones and then him getting like a new relationship like it becomes more about him personally but yeah that is listed i've just found under the controversy section of the or know that it deserves page, an entire controversy section which, but fair enough um yeah there's a little sign that's warns that this criticism or controversy one may contra- compromise the article's neutral point of view of the subject Please integrate the section's contents into the article as a whole or rewrite the rewrite the material. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> God. 
Oh, oh, oh yeah, and my Trey is gonna be a voice in Pixar's like new film scene Red that's coming out only on Disney Plus. Unfortunately, oh, it's, only, it's going straight to Disney months. Plus. I didn't know that. Oh, did you miss that news? Yeah, they they like announced it's yeah Pixar's unfortunate like tendency to have their new films coming out during like spikes in COVID. Oh, in, now like, this is COVID a conspiracy and. Now this, is, now this is Disney tanking. Yeah, Pixar. it's yeah, it is a thing where it's like, oh, they finally make a Pixar film set in Canada, and now we're like taking it right to Disney Plus. Okay, Pixar. I see your okay, game. Disney. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that, we can seamlessly segue into talking about the last show, um, Bridgerton, which, um, for. Yeah, if Killing Eve stars a Grey's Anatomy alum and Emily in Paris had a guest star from it, but Bridgerton is from the production company of the creator of Grey's Anatomy, Shonda Rhimes, Shondaland. And so that was a lot (laughs) of my interest in it. (laughs) Yeah, if any of our fans out there um, can find... The, the connection to Grey's Anatomy and hidden in every episode of To Pass a Golden Popcorn. Yeah. You will be mailed a decoder. Yeah, I feel, ring. with the exception of like one episode where it was like a cast member who was just playing a background doctor or something that we had found, we do bring up Grey's, I do bring up Grey's Anatomy whenever. 19 <laughs> seasons. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, content there. Grey's Anatomy, yeah. you've got something. It's... Uh, did either, did either of you watch uh, Bridgerton? Oh yeah, yeah. I watched the oh, I watched the whole first season. It's like go- Gossip Girl, but set in like the intrigue of just whatever the era is, oh, yeah. Regency era London. Like, yeah, like I'm all in on that. This town is the. It was 1813. It says it in the first yeah. episode. As I made sure to write that down because I knew I knew it's I so was going to know it. Yeah, setting kind of an alternate history of london to be more racially integrated which is a fun choice um i think allows for more interesting like pr- casting than we might have otherwise gotten um and i think is not a thing that happens in the book so i have no idea if that was controversial with the show people or the book people or not um, uh correct it does not happen in the books but i don't think book people hmm. were mad i don't know i'm not on book twitter oh. yeah did, did yeah. you read these books at all, or did you just watch them? Um, I did not read these books, although one of my friends did. Um, and uh, she said they were pretty good, although she said the show was better. Um, but the books are going to do... Um, the show is going to follow the book's um, sort of uh, progression where each season is going to focus on a different character or couple. Um, oh, oh yeah, because Reggie John isn't going to be in the second season, right? Because he's not like really in the second. Right, book right. Or... So this was this yeah. was Reggie John Pages and Daphne. Daphne, uh, what was uh, that actor's name? Uh, this this was the Duke and Daphne's book, and then season two is going to be yeah. um, Anthony Anthony's book. I don't know who. Then Anthony is the character who challenges the Duke yes. to a duel. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I was, I, I hope you two 
can kind of carry this one because I was I watched barely any of it and I was so lost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's too many characters that all dress the same and look pretty similar and are part of like different families. I was I was what one of the things lost. that Bridgerton does um, with its characters <laughs> is the Bridgerton family. Um, all of the Bridgerton children are named alphabetically. So the oldest child is Anthony, and then the second child is uh, Benedict, and then Colin, and then Daphne. Oh, oh that would have been so useful. It's a nice little <laughs> color, but it's also a helpful literary <laughs> little little hint. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that helps your books too, because it's like, oh, except the books didn't even start with Anthony, though. It starts with like Daphne. Just, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, Richardson, it's like, yeah, it's basically set in this Richardson or Regency era London. It's about these siblings, um, who are just looking for love in London and. They they're certainly they have their friends there. Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of the Bridgerton family and the Feverington family are sort of the two main families I think we follow, and then there's a bunch of associated people. Uh, there's Lady Whistledown who is, again, it's the Gossip Girl plot device except instead of Kristen Bell it's Julie Andrews, which is better. Yeah, definitely better for this show though. It's I'll say, I think Chris Mel could have done this narration too, but I don't know if Julie Andrews could do the Gossip Girl narration. Julie Andrews can do whatever she wants. <laughs> That's true. Uh, also, this, again, as I kind of said off camera before we, or off mic, before we start recording this, this is the second Julianne Andrews project we're covering in a row after her appearance in Aquaman as like the big fire monster. Um, Fire Woman is Ben and I adopted her as a <laughs> from Ben telling our friend that Aquaman's foe was Fire Woman. <laughs> range, got range. I watched uh, I watched this with my yeah. um, sister in law, uh, and when we watched the first episode, and the Duke uh, came on screen for the first watched this time, we both audibly gasped because he was so unbelievably hot we had never we were not prepared oh yeah reche jean page like very attractive like man just, yeah, that's why people, wow. people are so upset that he's think, not going because he's so hot yeah. uh i yes listen i'm i'm out here asking for a whole uh reggie book honestly <laughs> uh if that's just the page <laughs> it was such a long walk no, for I, that joke <laughs> <laughs> but i i think you know um no he was he's he's smoking and he's also like really really good in this episode um the episode that i like saw like it's yeah. um i think i don't know if there was anything in the first episode um with him i think i only watched like the first little bit of the first episode um but yeah no no he's he's doing like a really a really stellar performance on this one and like i i think i really like the boxing scene where they sort of like look oh, guys oh yeah i really enjoyed a dynamic that performance i'll say 
Yeah, good, good actor. He's done a, he did a few things before this. This was definitely kind of his breakout. I think he won breakthrough performance at this MTV Movie Awards too. And also, like, funny guy. He he hosted SNL like in kind of the last season, and I definitely remember that as being kind of one of the surprising like funny episodes where he is really good at. Like, there's, like, one specific bit where he's, like, pitching to, like, an advertisement agency, and it just gets into, like, a really weird direction that culminates in him, like, taking, like, Beck Bennett's assistant's hat and disappearing, but not before leaving him a napkin, and then Beck Bennett going, oh, get Kevin Netflix on the phone and tell him I'm about to save his company for the ad pitch of Netflix, we have porn now? Like... (laughs) (laughs) that's really good also just the idea of kevin netflix being i think what sticks out of my mind but also rush Johan just putting on this hat and and leaving and bowen yang going that was my hat just um but here he's like in a kind of a serious mode part of yeah part of this thing is uh the the duke he had yeah did he have a did he have a wife before this? I'm now trying to remember the first no, three he, episodes of the show or it's extremely brooding. He yeah, he Oh right, he uh, right. He refuses to marry. He doesn't his, want a family. Which this becomes a point yeah. of contention later on in this Yeah, his mother so, um, died in childbirth yeah, and his father blamed him for it and then his father was abusive towards him and so he hates his father. And so he does not want to produce an heir right. and he, for his father. Oh, yeah. Right. He vowed to <laughs> yeah, that on his really deathbed. Dark. I remember the scene now that he'll never have an heir. <laughs> super dark. Yeah. So even though he loves Daphne and they're like, and they've and been kind of throughout the first three or four episodes, they've been doing sort of a, to all the boys I've loved before style ruse where they're pretending to be like courting one another in order to get her, like, higher attention. <laughs> so then this is the episode that's kind of the culmination of that, where the ruse works, and suddenly she has, like, all the stations she wants, but she has kind of fallen for, the for like, the, yeah, one of, for the Duke. One of my Simon favorite romance tropes, his... where it's the, it's the fake relationship that becomes a real, real romance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, we're all, we're all, we're really big on that here. Again, to, to all the boys I love before, like, to, that's what we were just talking about that last week and <laughs> yeah yeah so this is kind of the culmination where now she is loves him but he refuses to marry her then it culminates in kind of the episode's big kiss which we'll circle back to where they like have this big kiss in the garden but it gets seen by like her brother who assumes because of course this is like the 1800s and you can't just kiss someone so he's like I know you gotta get married, but he won't. So they're gonna have a duel at dawn. Dueling time, yeah. And also, yeah. And then, meanwhile, her rival has also kind of seen them kissing this hedge maze and is basically threatening that she's going to leak this information to people and ruin her reputation. So now, like, she has to marry Simon, basically. And Simon tells her that he can't marry her and because he can't provide her with children and um not realizing that he's say 
saying, I don't want to have kids. She, like, which, again, becomes kind of a big point of contention later on in the season. She ultimately decides they'll marry anyways. And then the back half is about them getting married and having this relationship. Then her essentially kind of, in a scene that they sort of modified from the books to make it semi more consensual, but it's still not really that consensual. She gets, uh, she basically gets him to impregnate her. And then the end of the season is like him kind of having to come to terms with his dad issues about that. Um, spoilers for anyone who hadn't gone around to Bridgerton yet. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel it was big enough that everyone who wants to see in it has seen it. It's a very, uh, sexy show. I mean, this, he had previously, uh, he, he had told her, uh, you know, to, uh, explore her body. Um, it's, it's a really interesting theme, the whole concept that these, these young women in Regency times just have absolutely no understanding of sex, of their bodies, of pleasure, and um, what the consequences of that are. There's a character who um, is pregnant and the other women who find out about it just like don't even know how she got pregnant or wondering if it's contagious but they know the consequences of being pregnant and unmarried. And so it, there's a lot of like really interesting themes about sexuality and women's bodies and um, want, you know, she a relationship with the Duke, but just doesn't know how or what that looks like. And, you know, um, how the withholding of information um, from young people in the society uh, has consequences. Yeah, it's, yeah, definitely some good themes and, like, relevant information for that show. Also, I forget if there was any in this episode, but one of the things about this show is it features orchestra versions of contemporary pop music influenced by the use of rock songs in A Knight's Tale. Uh, yeah, the music um, yeah. and the fashion and the sets are all are all really great. I do love the string quartet. That's super neat. Uh, uh, arrangements of of the pop music it works it's great uh i think it really i think the music really like makes you feel like um what it might feel like to be at a ball and um like that was what pop music was like back then maybe uh, you're like oh like this is the this is the cool waltz yeah. of the day Yeah, and then you're listening, you're like, this sounds like Taylor Swift. <laughs> and it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, this sounds like Billie Eilish. Just... But yeah, The Kiss, which I kind of brushed through. The Kiss, really, really good. Really, really hot. Yeah, this, like, this Kiss was... Uh, rewatching some of these early episodes, I hadn't seen um, Bridgerton since it first came out. I forgot how... Um, sexy this show is and yeah this kiss was this was a full-on makeout session now i'm gonna have to rethink our all my rankings yeah i think this is uh one of our first um yeah this is one of our first um pre uh dual 
accusation or whatever accusation what is it what am i thinking of was there a kiss like after a duel is it here i don't think so this is our first but this is still our first uh pre-duel request kiss um (laughs) which is definitely something to consider when ranking um yeah, I really no, like how the like, kiss happens before a challenge for a duel. It's just <laughs> exactly, you know, not a lot of people get that, you know. Like, and I think that's that's where a lot of things falter. You yeah, know? the the notebook would have won on our show if it had put its kiss <laughs> after the duel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> That's what I was thinking no, about. I'm like, like, remember when we gave best kiss the girl next door instead of the notebook? Just <laughs> I think it hurts. I stand by that decision too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. Um, no, this is like a really like kind of lovely. It's like I think it's it's like a little foggy too, but it's in like a sort of like a hedge, not a hedge maze, but like around hedges, yeah, like a courtyard. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, no, it's, like, really, really nice. Um, yeah, like, it's, uh, a lot of these, a lot of, uh, like, really good romantic kisses. Uh, we, we sort of, I, I mean, early on in the show, you know, every once in a while you get, like, a, a species kiss where it's actually, like, an alien that kills you. Um, but kind of as you go on, more and more and more kisses become these sort of just romantic kisses and you know, it's it's really hard to get creative with ones like that. Um, I still think Venom managed to probably have like one of my one of the more standout kisses um, in like a really long time. Um, the for me personally, yeah. You you just really like the effect of Venom going off from her to him. Just <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's a it's a really passionate kiss, and I and I love um, when one person goes in for the kiss, and then they pull back, and then the other person kind of that kind of seesaw. Yeah, no, that's effect. really good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, not a lot of yeah, not that's definitely a very unique thing. Like to this to this kiss, it's not we don't get a lot of those. Um, yeah, no, it's really, it was just really, really good and, like, a really, really, like, fun episode, even though I pretty much could not follow, like, half of it. Um, but, like, the parts that I could follow were, like, really, really fun and, like, the boxing scene's really cool. Um, yeah, just, like, very, very impassioned and then, like, like you get so much whiplash because then it kind of spirals into the super intense emotional scene. Oh, Yeah. The nice thing about Bridgerton is even if yeah. you can't follow the intricacies of the plot, it's just really nice to look at. You have all these costumes and the people are also beautiful and Yeah. The acting is done. Like the acting is like there's a lot of like really neat like things. Like characters are always I yeah, always when I'm watching this, I always like kinda I guess it's based off books, but like I always get I'm always like really impressed. because um, like I don't know how you would how you write characters talking from the 1813s i feel like that takes like a lot of work um how you don't have characters just like saying like uh like bra or reddit um <laughs> like you can't use any of those awesome words um, yeah bridging kind of loses <laughs> something where the characters can't talk about reddit all the time <laughs> yeah actually in the original cut of bridgerton lady whistledown's pamphlet was gonna be uh, a reddit 
for him. Yeah. A big Reddit yeah. post. Yeah. <laughs> and they read the book. They're like, oh no, we have a problem here. Yeah. You hear about this? The internet's not that old. <laughs> Just... <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think I've said everything I need to say about uh, about Bridgerton and the Bridgerton kiss. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is just, the really, these are all, like, um, like, really good, I think aside from uh, Killing Eve, these are all, like, pretty, like, big romantic kisses. I guess Killing Eve is, like, a little bit romantic, but it's more bus fighty than romantic um, and head buddy. It's cathartic, I think I would um, say. It is, yeah, definitely. But like, yeah, no, I think all of our support these are just like really good kisses, even from uh, like a the tr- a trash show like Emily in Paris that we all hate. Um, even the kiss in that is like really good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh man, <laughs> it's really just funny that you bounce off of Emily in Paris. You like Valentine's Day for goodness sake. <laughs> Listen, the 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 inner workings of my taste are, are a true enigma. Um, I'm the, I, a show that I really want to rewatch um, is Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. I think I've talked about it a little bit before, because um, my I think it's a bad show from what I remember. Um, just like a lot of things about it are bad, but I think I really enjoy it, and I think it's just because I think there's one character in it that like. That like I think his like one character trait is that he has such a sore back from carrying the show, because um, he's like his name's like Atticus, and I and, but I think and I think Todd in the Book of Pure Evil is probably one of my favorite shows, but I still think it's bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you like something, uh, can I'm... it ever truly be bad? It's just absolutely. <laughs> um. I think one of the things about Todd and the Book of Evil is that it is aggressively gross. Like it is like like pimple popping, like people throwing up, like like aggressively gross. Uh, but uh, but I I, st- I still have such fond, lovely memories of it. Um, and each season had a musical episode, so like you immediately get you. Well, that's just you, Riverdale. Lo- <laughs> exactly. Um, there probably is a episode about the Gargoyle King. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and then uh, another thing, like, with about, like, that show is that, it, again, kind of like um, Never Have I Ever, it just has, like, really neat, like, sort of novel things about it that I really enjoy. Like, there's, like, these, like, three sort of, like, char- the three sort of characters that just sit outside the school and just, like, commentate on some things and sometimes interact with the characters and then it's like revealed at the end of like the first season that they're actually like the villains. Uh, it's it's super super neat. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, with that talk of Bridgerton and some talk of Todd and the Book of Evil, we can move <laughs> on. So Max, what we like to do here is we like to rank everything kind of on its own, and then we rank kind of the kisses and we see how they kind of differ, because. Just because something sucks doesn't necessarily mean that, like, the the kiss also sucks. Exactly. Sometimes you have the kiss in the Sturbia, which was a lot better than the Sturbia. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's do it. Yeah, um, I can start with mine. So I'll start with the, the shows. Um, uh, I think at the bottom, 
probably not really surprising that it is Emily in Paris. Um, I love you if you love this show. I am super jealous. Um, and then I think above that is probably Killing Eve. I, I really need to go back and watch like season one and two. And like I might even like season three Like upon getting like the context for all these characters they keep on talking about. Um, and then above that I would have... Um, Bridgerton, just a really like 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 um like uh Mag said, just like a really pretty show. Like even even if you, you were completely lost like I am, because um, it's just it's just a bunch of fancy people in dresses. Um it's super pretty to look at. And then um yeah, I think my top spot would have to go to Never Have I Ever, with Outer Banks like a little bit below. Um, that might even fluctuate once I give all of Outer Banks, like, uh, a fair shake. Um, but I think it's show-wise, I think Never Have I Ever, just, I don't know, it just struck such a chord with me. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mags, do you want to go? Or? Okay. Uh, yeah, I can go. Um, so from the bottom, um, yeah, Emily in Paris is, uh, oof. Uh, not for me, uh, but I appreciate um, our Emily and Parisians out there. Um, number four, I'm going to put Never Have I Ever. I do really like it. I'll probably watch season two. Um, but I I think maybe uh, I'm discovering I'm aging out a little bit of um, high school teen dramas. Um Although that's not true because Riverdale is my favorite show. Um, <laughs> number three, I'll put Killing Eve because I did really enjoy the earlier seasons. Um, it's a really compelling show um, with really strong characters and writing and performances. Uh, two, it's Bridgerton because it's really hot and fun and colorful um and uh one is out of ranks because it's one of my favorite shows and sexy and i guess uh <laughs> everyone should ignore the thing i said um 30 seconds ago about uh aging out of teen aging dramas <laughs> yeah no one ever ages out of teen dra- dramas why they keep putting subplots about people's parents in them <laughs> just <laughs> yeah so yeah for me eh, i'll put killing eve at the bottom for the reason of a lot of the plot involved a dead character named kenny and it's like come on this isn't south park anymore we i think we can move <laughs> on from that it's like a thing people talk about and maybe a young third grader has to hear thrown at him all the time i'm um, just then, yeah, about that, Emily in Paris, it's, I don't know, I might watch the second season at some point and just never watch the rest of the first season. Maybe it improves. Um, then, above, then above that, prob- yeah, probably, I'll, yeah, top, top three are pretty close. Uh, probably have Outer Banks in that third spot. I, I want to keep watching. It seems like stuff is just kind of cooking. Then above that, got Bridgerton, like, this episode, yeah, it's got everything. It's like a ball, a, a near duel. Um, we forgot to, to mention that, like, as Daphne rushes out to, like, stop the duel, 
they're so close to like doing it she literally almost gets shot like it's 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 a good good moment um but yeah passion sexy people it looks good it's got it all and then yeah top spot never have i ever like a, a show like a i really love and it's what well, de definitely one of my top ne netflix shows just a little bit below down from like like i'm sure probably just under um my beloved sex education for like netflix shows currently airing and terms of how much I care about them. Um, but how did the kisses do? Yeah. Um, so for the kisses, um, oh, it's so tough. Um, man. Huh. This is definitely like, these are all really close. Um, oh man. I think at the, oh man. I think at the bottom I mm, I might have to put. Whew. I think I'll put the Killing Eve one at the bottom, just because like. It's I think it's unique, but I think in its uniqueness, it sort of loses out on being like a really good passionate kiss, and I feel like as much as it is like a fun like fight into kiss into headbutt, um, I feel like they could they should needed to take that farther for like, that sort of almost gimmicky kiss to like beat out like a genuinely like good romantic kiss um i think above that i would put the emily in paris kiss um and then i think above that one i would put the never have i ever kiss i think those the both those kisses are sort of like builds up build up to like those nice kiss like they're both very close i think the the never have I ever one um i think just edges it out a little bit um uh just not no real reason i just like that show more um and then above that one i'll put the bridgerton kiss um like all of bridgerton is just a lovely like scene to see um and then above that one we have the outer outer bank or yeah, the outer banks one um it's just very fun it's very campy um there's like a character that walks by and says get a room and then like the one of the characters just flips them off um it's just it's very it's very it's very fitting for the show it's the exact kind of kiss that would be in outer banks <laughs> nice uh and yeah uh max i think we know what your number one kiss is but how do the rest of them stack <laughs> up for you just... um pretty close to ben's um i put emily in paris at the bottom because i i just really didn't feel the chemistry from that kiss and i really hated her outfit um uh killing eve at four same I, I think that was well stated it was um played a little bit too much for the fight gimmick and i would have liked a little bit more of the kiss um never have i ever at three nice kiss those are close um and i will say i did did struggle a little bit at the end as we talked about Bridgerton because I was like, that was a very passionate kiss. I um, hadn't, you know, it was, their, their, their outfits are good. They're really getting into it. It's long. It's hot. Um, but at the end of the day, the Outer Banks kiss has a lot of payoff. 
really fun. Um, earlier in the episode, Sarah Cameron's character tells John B. Uh, you never know when to make a move. I'm like getting, I'm getting chills thinking about it. You know, uh, you know, you're cute, but you don't know when to make a move. And then later in the episode, you know, he still doesn't make the move, and she kisses him, and uh, you know, she, she does the thing where she tells you know, he's giving a big. Uh, you know, the big speech, which, you know, and then she does the thing where she's like, oh, shut up, which I usually hate when somebody interrupts somebody by kissing them, but it works. And it's raining and he does finger guns. It's, it's good. It's got to be the number one. Yeah. Well, he certainly made a good case for it. Um, Yeah, so I got Killing Eve at the bottom. You know, it's a fun kiss. I like the idea of using a kiss as a distracting tactic before a headbutt, but yeah. Then Emily in Paris kind of above that. Like, again, a de decent kiss. Just maybe if I was invested more in the show and the characters, it would be a bit higher. I just twas not. Um, then above, yeah, pro probably the never have I ever kiss above that like yeah, it's just like a really sweet kiss it works it works as payoff for everything those two characters have kind of been through through the season and sort of just a failed kiss attempt earlier and yeah i i like it a lot really glad i got like a shout out and then for the top yeah it's you're both making very strong cases for like why Elder Banks was the best kiss here, but uh, I think I gotta give it to Bridgerton. Just like it's like you know, they're both very good ki kisses, like very good good moments. But I think I just think like the Garden Kiss is also built built up too well, and it works well as like it's not just it's not just a kiss. It's kind of the dramatic turning point of the episode. Like it, it's not like it happens at the end; it happens in the middle, and then all this like stuff sp spirals out of it. it it's kind of like the hinge point of the season, and yeah, I think I give it to Bridgerton for that. But yeah, some solid ki kisses all around this year. Um, well done. Even even though there wasn't like movies, I didn't feel we were stiffed kiss wise. I guess is the thing. Yeah. Oh man, I re <laughs> uh, I remember kind of like before i was like oh man it's gonna be so much easier when we get down to just tv shows but i feel like i've definitely put in like more time into like this than i do with like movies um <laughs> that's good to know as we're on the verge of switching back to like exclusively movies for yeah. the next like 25 26 episodes of the show <laughs> it'll like, be it's... it'll be good to go back where like i don't i don't need to know a bunch of plot lines i just i just need to know one one movie <laughs> Um, especially with Lethal Weapon 4. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I got in uh, Under yeah, the man. Wire while we're uh, still kissing. Yeah, yeah was, I was glad to, no, I was glad to get, get you in. Like, I knew you were a big fan of Outer Banks, so like, I've been meaning to ask you about this for like a long time, and then finally I went to the thing where I think we were just talking about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is my chance to just ask Mags to be the guest on this, and... Yeah. I'm so honored to be known uh, as uh, an Outer Banks fan. Uh, that's uh, I'm really honored. Outer Banks expert yeah. now. Expert, of course. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, so now we move into our section, we call it Recommendation of the Week, where everyone gets to recommend whatever you want, can be content, can be just anything, really. We've barely scratched the bounds of what this could be. Movies, yeah, like general advice, anything you want. Uh, Yeah, well, um, since y'all are... um wrapping up the the kiss portion um a podcast um and uh we were just talking about bridgerton which is based on um a romance novel series um i thought i would recommend um romance novels generally um big fan of romance novels i've been in a reading rut for um uh i don't know since the um and one of the only books kinds of books that i've been reading are romance novels they're a lot of fun if you've never tried them before uh or if you kind of write them off and you think they're trash um uh recommend giving them a try um they have generally um books set in all different kinds of eras all different kinds of genres uh really really good representation generally um which is a lot of fun um one in particular that i read this year is called one last stop by casey mcquiston and it's just like really really fun um it's about a young woman who moves to new york and like meets a bunch of really cool people and falls in love with a mysterious woman on the train um and it's really good oh sounds really cool um what do you got this week, Ben? Um, this week, um, I want to recommend a song. It's it's she by I don't I've only ever seen it written, but it might be Doby. It's D O B I E. Um, yeah, I just really like that song. I was listening to it a couple days ago, and I was like, okay, I need to make sure I recommend this. Oh, it's a really really sweet little song. Cool, cool. Um, and this week I'll recommend, I alluded it to, for like Outer Banks, where I said, oh, there was another kind of teen show I got into that was unfortunately short-lived. That show is called Teenage Bounty Hunters. Um, it, it's also on, on Netflix. It's set in a, it's set in Atlanta. Um, another, yeah, another city and another state that has kind of controversial law law issues but and but it's like just a really well well done show it's about these two kind of teenage twin girls who fall one one night they yeah they accidentally wreck like their dad's car when they get caught yeah caught up in this this thing like they stumble on basically a bounty under chasing his bounty or something or maybe that's after the car wreck but basically they get caught but basically, they take up this side hustle, like assisting this bounty hunter catching people. So it's kind of like, sort of like has Veronica Mars is a good comparison point where it's like each episode sort of has the bounty of the week of like these people they're like tracking down while they're going through sort of te- teenage issues. And there's this little mystery going in the background that they're not even aware of at the start where their mom's face is on like 
one of this bounty hunters like wanted posters and it was a really good show it's maybe one of the best depictions of being a evangelical christian teenager and that kind of culture that i have like seen in sort of mainstream like yeah mainstream media of providing a nuanced thing where it's not just oh yeah they go to church every sunday where the where faith is kind of part of their character and informs their decisions and their their worldviews in in interesting ways like it's as far as like groups that could use use like better representation i think like christian characters like obviously not super high priority but also still, still someone where like it's always nice when you see something where you're like, oh yeah, this reminds me more of my experience than, oh, this is just someone's like, oh yeah, they can have church as a personality trait. And the guy who plays the bounty hunter, his name is Bowser, uh, Kadeem Hardison is is really kind of fu funny in it. So yeah, watch Teenage Bounty Hunters. It's unfortunately only 10 episodes long and ends on kind of an emotional cliffhanger of a bit. Oh, no. But it was, yeah, it was a really good show. Well, it's not like, I mean, I guess it's kind of a plot-based one. It's more, there's like a big shift in, or a, a character learns a big kind of family secret right as like the season kind of ends that would have spun stuff out. But it's really good. And there's also like kind of a really good queer romance between one of the, one of the sisters and sort of her initial nemesis. Um, that's good. But now we've come to the yeah to the end of the end of the show. Oh, yeah, Max, thanks so much for being on. It was great. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, no, that's uh. Thank you so much for having me on. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was great having you. And um, if you we haven't fully announced like what what we're doing next. I mean, I think at this point we kind of said on, but. Let's just say, if you have any strong opinions on villains in the future, feel free to, like, come back. Definitely pro-villains. That's my, my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I definitely thought we were doing fights next. I, remember I even picked villains out of it. I've been definitely looking at, like, the fight list on the Wikipedia page for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Oh, good thing I reminded you then. Just yeah. <laughs> I have started I was... watching the movies. We're not pivoting. I, I, I don't watch them until the last like minute anyway. I like six <laughs> <laughs> I just come with all the fight, the fight knowledge. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll get to uh, fights. Um, but you... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to plug this week, Ben? This... Oh, yeah. Um, always I have my Twitter... Um, at Gak, Gak, uh, G-H-A-K, G-H-A-K. Um, nothing really going on there. Every once in a while, I'm going to be posting probably like a little drawing because over on my Instagram at not a two pens, so N-O-T underscore two underscore P-E-N-S. Um, every single day I've been posting, um, one photo of a drawing and also a photo of me in the gym. Um, just sort of keep myself sort of, uh, committed to going. Um, I actually doodled some stuff on paper while we were recording today because I had not drawn anything yet. Um, so that will be going up today for the, it'll, this is the 10th of January if you ever want to 
go through my Instagram and find what I was talking about, I guess. Wow, can't wait to see your picture of Emily in Paris, I presume. Just <laughs> my favorite show. Yeah, um <laughs> Yeah, you can find What do you have to plug? Oh yeah, you never ask me this. I usually just go into it. <laughs> yeah. You can find me on Twitter at like a Wolverine. You can find me on Letterboxd, also on Like a Wolverine, where you can see a list of all the movies we've covered for Best Kiss, as well as all the movies we're going to cover for our, I guess, now announced Best Villain season, which will be starting up soon. Um, <laughs> then, yeah, you can, yeah, you can follow the show on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod. You can follow us on Instagram on Pass the Golden Popcorn. And you can email us at pastagoldenpopcorn at gmail.com. Like, if you're a big Emily in Paris defender and you want to write an essay about why the show's good, email us and I'll read it on air. That is a promise. Um, yeah, our artwork is done by Ben. That's partly why he draws. Our theme song is by Matt Samard. He's going to be on the show soon. Um, yeah, we are hosted on Friendly Mush. They have good podcasts please if you like the show rate review subscribe all that jazz and yeah next this is the last best kiss to date um i suppose we'll cover best kiss 2022 when they do that but that's not gonna be for a few months but here's the thing fingers yeah fingers crossed for free guy so in 2020 um due to pandemic they did not do a best kiss, a, a traditional MTV movie and TV awards. What they did instead was this little special they called The Greatest of All Time, where they took several of their most famous categories and they picked one thing and they said, okay, this is the best one. Um, yeah. For Best Kiss, that category was known as the Legendary Lip Lock, and Cruel Intentions kind of won that. Now, if you listen to our episode, um, Ben and I did not award Cruel Intentions Best Kiss that year, but still, it's like a good kiss and has has to be acknowledged, so kind of next week, for our wrap-up, what we're going to be doing is I will be selecting uh, what I consider to be the five best kisses we've covered on this podcast, Then we'll be selecting his five, and we will be coming together and presenting them to each other, which, along with Cruel Intentions, Something that I do not really want to offer from his top spot, because I think it is good kissing representation, and, like, really I'm just scared that we're, if we give a, I don't want this to be the podcast that's like, oh yeah, Spider-Man's the greatest kiss ever, sorry, Cruel Intentions, get out of there. <laughs> um, listen, I, I, <laughs> you might listen, not pick Spider-Man, I'm just like, that is my, make way for the Cape Fear kiss. <laughs> We disqualified that one. <laughs> no one would expect it, would they? God. Um, yeah. So we're going to pit. We're going to present our kisses. Maybe they'll overlap. Maybe they won't. And that will form sort of a pantheon. Because I think if we've learned one fa- thing here, it's hard to pick a best kiss. So we'll create a whole assembly of the greatest kisses of all time. We'll wrap up the show. We'll wrap up the season of the show. Talk about like kind of our favorite experiences through it. And then uh, after that, uh, two weeks from now, we will cover Best Sandwich as kind of a palate cleanser. It's a little three-movie episode. 
And then after that, we will start Best Villain. So, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up in the next few weeks. I started watching the Best Villain movies, and it's a lot of, like, 90s thriller, 90s action stuff, which is one of my favorite things. So, we'll be in the zone, and... Yeah, I I honestly, uh, I cannot wait to sort of be back to, like, a totally different era of, of, um... Of, like, cinema and all that. Far away from TV. Um, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, more than I thought I would, I enjoyed my little toe tip into TV. Um, I definitely, like, I, I definitely gained more than I lost, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I can't wait, I, and you know what, I can't wait to move on to, uh, uh, best villain, you know? I feel like that's gonna be a totally, I feel like it's going to be, you know... Uh, like a much different you have put on a much different brain than when you are with kissing um luckily i am also like a foremost villain expert um i know it hasn't come up uh you know in the podcast but how can i'm really glad that i have i i have a particular set of skills i guess (laughs) maybe i'll switch my expert thing up too good at meanness i feel that's part of being a villain (laughs) But yeah, Mags, thanks again for coming on. Yeah. A lot of fun, a lot to look forward to. Yeah. And yeah, so thanks very much for having me on. Thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, keep passing that golden popcorn. And just remember uh, uh, back in the thing where I did not plan what the ending was going to be. Um, Yeah. If a you're... kiss in the bush is worth a villain in a sandwich. Remember, there's in whatever the end of that that there's... saying is. If you're gonna get a job in a foreign country, maybe learn some of the language to have a working understanding. Just remember, of there's it. no ferry yeah. from the Outer Banks to Chapel Hill. Yeah, great, exactly. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag release the Uber cut. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.